Welcome to the 15th Club with your hosts, Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers. Ed and Scotty will bring you up to date on all the big news in the world of golf every Saturday from 5 to 6. It is time to tee it high and let it fly. This is the 15th Club, Hour 1 of Sports Saturday, and we are live from a disbelieving Dirty Martin's place in the shadow of the UT Tower. I'm Scotty Sayers. I'm here at the Mac Brown table where Mac used to always sit when he was in town. And uh, I'm with Brent Buckman, our longtime friend and current director of operations at Driftwood Golf and Club. Uh, Ed is on our live line from Dallas. But before we talk Texas OU, let me talk about our advertisers. Texas Mutual Insurance, our good friends that sponsor the Hannon Cup. ABC Bank. The Salt Lick Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, and Zilker Belts. And people are slowly filing into dirties here, but I, it's not the kind of crowd. They're having some good food, let me say that. And uh, dirties just celebrated... Uh, they're 97 years old here, and they just had the biggest month they've ever had in September. People love coming in here after the football games, but they're a little more down than usual here this week. A lot of, and, lot of drink specials. Isn't there a lot of drink specials tonight? <laughs> I hope so. There's a lot of there's a you know it's kind of crying in your beer, Ed. You've been oh. at the cot you've been at the Cotton Bowl all day, and this is a hard one to take because of the way it ended. What was the mood? Of the UT fans walking out when you left the state fair. Scotty, good afternoon. Brent, good afternoon. Hello, everybody at Dirty. 34-30 final score. It really was frustration and disbelief. Disbelief because Burt Auburn had kicked a 47-yard field goal to put the horns ahead 30-27 to with less than two minutes to play. Oklahoma, no timeouts. They promptly go 75 yards in five plays. Dylan Gabriel found Nick Anderson in the corner of the end zone for the winning touchdown with only 15 seconds to play. I think Longhorn fans, fellows, were just flat out stunned because Texas didn't play a particularly very good game for them. Three turnovers today. They had a first and goal from the Oklahoma one, and they come away with nothing. So the Longhorns were going to escape with one until Gabriel... Uh, hit Nick Anderson with that touchdown. It's, it's disbelief, but I think I think most Texas people I talk to in the media types, uh, in the press box I was with, Cedric Golden and Kirk Bowles, and we all kind of agreed, I believe Texas and uh, Oklahoma are going to see each other that first Saturday in December for the Big 12 championship game because I think what I've seen this year, and I want to get your opinion, Scotty, I see Texas and Oklahoma really right now head and shoulders above everybody else in the Big 12. And I think they'll meet again, but there's a lot of landmines out there for for both those teams between now and the first Saturday in December. Ed, I think you're right. Uh, Kansas State, uh, they kind of exposed themselves last night with that 29-21 loss at Oklahoma State. We always thought that was going to be a a real critical game for Texas, and it will still be, but they're not as good as we thought they were, obviously. And I want to ask Brent, um, you know, Brent, Brent and I are the same age. We've been to a lot of Texas OU games over the year, over the years. But Brent, where does this one rank in the on the disappointments? We walked out of that Cotton Bowl unhappy a few times. Well, you know, first of all, there was two good teams. There's no question about that. 
I just don't think Texas played their best. <clears throat> and anymore, when you play teams like Oklahoma at any time, you got to play your best football. And I think the key deal was not being able to score from the one-yard line when we had four downs to do it. <clears throat> Changed everything, in my opinion. Pro, you're exactly right, because that was that really was a game-changer. First and goal from the one, and Steve Sarkeesian put in the giant package. He put in two defensive linemen to block for Jonathan Brooks, and it just like it looked like the, the big 300-pound behemoths were getting through the line. It looked like Jonathan Brooks didn't follow them, and the first three the first three plays, and you know, give credit to Oklahoma. Then the fourth down play was a really crafty play, a look-in pass to Xavier Worthy. The only bad thing is, fellas, he didn't make it to the end zone. He was stopped on the six-inch line. To me, that play, fellas, was reminiscent of the Seattle Seahawks against the Patriots in the Super Bowl a few years in the waning seconds of that when all they had to do was run the ball and they tried to pass and the Patriots intercepted. I I kept on thinking about Coach Roll, fellas, (laughs) on that fourth down play. You know, you pass you pass the football and you know two of the three things are bad and that deal was kind of a strange play but I, I i would still be critical of steve because he did not call a pass play where the receiver was in the end zone where he had to fight for the end zone from the one yard line but that was that really was a killer for the team but 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 pro and scotty they came back they came back to score and it looked like they were going to come away with this win after burt arbor just nailed the 47 yard field goal but uh Texas defense was exposed on that last drive. You got to credit Dylan Gabriel, the quarterback for OU. He carried the ball 14 times today for 113 yards, average 8.1 yards a carry. Uh, that dude is really, really good. He was kind of strange because some of the short passes he weren't good. They were not good, but he hit some long passes. He finished uh, the the afternoon 28, 23 of 38 for 285 and a one touchdown. And he, again, he gained 113 yards rushing. Texas outgained uh, Oklahoma. Texas had 527 total yards, and Oklahoma had 486. But uh, when it was all over, the, the Boomer Sooners remain undefeated. And Texas uh, will have to think about this win, or excuse me, this loss for two weeks because they don't play again until the 21st when they go down to Houston to meet the Houston Cougars. Ed, I've got a little bit of a theory about um, the reason Dylan Gabriel had such a good day. Um, I think the fact that he didn't play against Texas last year, you know, TCU took him out the week before the Texas game. And of course, we ran over him 49 to nothing because they were playing with an inexperienced quarterback. But I think if we had seen Dylan Gabriel last year, we would have known a little bit more about what to expect today. But boy, he is really, really good. Scotty, he's so elusive. Uh, I think you're spot on with your assessment because, quite frankly, I didn't think he was that good before this game. I thought, oh, he's okay. I saw some against Cincinnati and others. But this guy is so elusive, and he would get increases and make plays with his feet and would keep plays alive. And I think you are spot on because I think there might have been a little overconfidence with Longhorn fans about this Oklahoma team. Because I was surprised. I thought Texas would win by 10 points. But uh, this team kept on hanging in and hanging in and hanging in. And that last drive they had, what a thing of beauty. They had no timeouts. No timeouts. And they got to go the length of the field. 
they, they got to take it all the way down. At least I, I thought, well, just hold them to a field goal. And they hit Stoops' kid, the number 12, the wide receiver a couple of times. But I tip my hat to Brent Venables. He showed me today that he can be a big-time head coach. We know uh, Venables as an assistant coach for Clemson, but uh, he was the big winner today. And sadly, Steve was not, even though Steve, Steve was able to hold things together on a not-so-great afternoon for his quarterback, Quinn Ewers. But... Oh, this is a bitter pill to swallow for Longhorn fans. And the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this, fellas. There are no more hiccups. They cannot lose another game. I still think they have an outside shot at the national title, the Final Four. But they got to win them all. And they got to beat Oklahoma uh, in the Big 12 championship game. And they got to have a little help uh, along the way. They got to hope the Pac-12 beats each other up. And so does the SEC to get to the Final Four. Yeah, you know, Ed, you don't know what's going to happen between now and the Big 12 championship game because injuries could certainly enter the picture. I mean, if Dylan Gabriel were to get hurt, Oklahoma, you know, would lose two or three games, I think. Uh, Texas, if Quinn Ewers got hurt, it'd be questionable. But, Brent, let me ask you this. On the last drive where Alabama was moving down the field, they had a minute 12 uh, to try to try to score. Um, should Texas have called a timeout? to maybe regroup the defense or was or was Sark trying to preserve those two timeouts in case they scored and we got the ball back I mean that's a hard question if it was me I'd have called a timeout I'd have said look fellas we got we got to get this thing together um it's hard to say but but um you know what they moved that ball right down the field and nothing flat yeah, it was a combination of really they had a couple of scrambles and then some really good passing. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Ed, I I don't know. Did, 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 it's hard in the press box because you can't you can't cheer. You can just go, oh my gosh, you know you you're not supposed to uh, express yourself one way or the other. Yeah, did, yeah. Um, well, it, oh, the, it, it, it was it was there was a few woo. Look at that woo, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But no, that that that's about it. Now. I know we're going to take a break, and you guys are going to talk yep. about the Ryder Cup. But Oklahoma's schedule, they've got a much tougher schedule. Oklahoma will play. They're off next week. Then they play Central Florida, who got who's getting shellacked today by Kansas. Then on October 28th, OU plays at Lawrence. Difficult. Next, the week after that, they play Bedlam. They've got to play at Oklahoma State. Then they host West Virginia, a red-hot team. Then they got to go play BYU in Utah, and then they end the season at home against TCU. So Oklahoma has, to me, a much more difficult schedule than the Longhorns have the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree with you, Ed. And uh, for any fans driving back from the Cotton Bowl, uh, later in the show in the 15th Club, we'll turn it over to Ed and Ben, who are both in Dallas and we're at the game today to take calls and be with you for the End Zone Club. In the meantime, let's take a couple of scores here. Uh, North Carolina is, they're killing Syracuse. Uh, Drake May's having a great day, and uh, friend Mac Brown's going to stay undefeated. It's 37-7 to last time I looked. And uh, Mac was here for Bill Little, Bill Little's funeral the other day, made a, made a great talk about his friend. And uh, Mac, he's very upbeat about this team he's got, Ed. He's got and, his uh, new receiver back, too. He's got his yeah, receiver yeah. back. Yeah, and he's got a he's got a mammoth game next week at Notre Dame. That'll be a huge game. Oh, uh, Ben and I are watching a game on television right here from the Lake Highlands, Texas X's, and 
great game between the Aggies and, and Alabama. Alabama leads by a touchdown 24-17. The Aggies are lining up for a field goal. So uh, if you're a Longhorns and uh, pull for Alabama because you want Alabama to win the rest of the year. Now, well, the Aggies uh, blocked, it's blocked their, their field goal attempt, and Alabama is going to have a scoop and score. <laughs> yes. uh, Alabama, a scoop and score, and what a turn of events now at College Station. Alabama leads 30-17 to with only 8.55 to play. Oh, my, what a play against the Aggies, fellas. We, we took advantage of a scoop and score, too. Yeah, we did. We had a block punt today. That was a that was a big play turning the game around. Sure did. Okay, I know you uh, need to take a break. Yep, this is the 15th Club. We are live from Dirty Martin's Place on the UT campus, and we'll be back in just a minute. Saturday night is the loneliest night in the week Because that's the night that my sweetie and I used to dance cheek to cheek Hi, this is Vernon Lundquist. You're listening to The 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on KLBJ. (laughs) That's pretty good right there. Thank you, Vern. This is, golly, I miss Vern on the SEC telecast. This is The 15th Club live from Dirty Martin's Place on Guadalupe. And uh, people are filtering in, and it's not its not a happy mood, but they're looking forward to the drink specials and the best hamburgers in town at Dirty's. I'm Scotty Sayers. 15th Club is brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance and ABC Bank. Brent Buckman from Driftwood, a longtime friend, is here commiserating with us. And Ed Clements was at the Cotton Bowl today, and Ed and Ben will be along for the End Zone Club and they're going to actually start the End Zone Club a little bit early at 5.45 this afternoon and take your calls. Uh, Brent and Ed is on the live line with us. Let's talk for a minute about Ryder Cup and get away from football and what happened today in Dallas. Um, disappointing Sunday for the U.S. Ryder Cup team and really a disappointing three days. They, they made a little run at the end, and for a minute we thought they had a chance. Um, but it, you know, it ended up 16 and a half to 11 and a half, same margin that they beat Tom Watson's team by in 2014 when the so-called task force was formed. So, so nothing has really changed on foreign soil. And uh, Brent, what do you, you know, there everybody's Monday morning quarterbacking on this. What, what do you think went wrong with the Ryder Cup team? You know, it's interesting because they got their butts whipped the last time we played, but, but I thought a couple things. I thought the golf course was set up so uniquely for the European side. You know, they mentioned several times during the telecast how the Americans, they thought, were the best wedge players in the world, and they basically made the golf course long enough and tight enough where they took the wedges out of their hands and made them hit longer irons into the greens. I thought that was really interesting. It used to be it used to be the problem. Everybody said that that the golf course was set up for the Americans, but basically the captain on each side it, for the host side sets the golf course up. And I thought they did an incredible job of setting that golf course up. I thought it was an American style golf course and and a, a very unique golf course. But the rough was brutal. 
and and they they felt like they were better drivers of the ball. Um, I thought they were hungrier than we were. Um, I thought we lost the tournament. We lost the Ryder Cup on day one. Yeah, well, there's no question. Uh, when we go down 4-0 on the morning matches on Friday, that uh, it was an uphill battle from there. Ed, what do you think? You have a theory on why we didn't win? Okay, well, we got Ed's, Ed's having a cocktail in Dallas. He'll join us again in a minute. There's a lot of speculation, though. Uh, Steve Stricker, one of the uh, one of the assistant captains, he indicated that maybe the team should have arrived a day earlier to get used to the time change. Uh, of course, everybody says that we should have played a little more golf between the end of the FedEx Cup matches and the start of Ryder Cup, which was... You know, that was four weeks plus, and only two players, Justin Thomas and Max Homa, played a couple of weeks before Ryder Cup. And actually, it's interesting because Max Homa had a very good performance for the U.S. team. I think he was 3-1-1, one, and one. and Justin Thomas wasn't too bad. I mean, he got he was paired with Jordan Spieth, who was... Wasn't what it is best. Wasn't it his best, so he was hitting it all over the place, so... Um, I think the inactivity of the Americans, there's, you know, there's some ways to cure that. I certainly don't blame Zach Johnson. He did the best he could. Now, um, you know, was that the best group of wild cards that he could have picked? He left Cameron Young off the team. He left Keegan Bradley off the team. He left uh, Lucas Glover off the team, who had won twice in August. That's a hard, that's a hard thing. You know, that, that's the thing. It, it, it's funny to me because it, if we'd have won, they'd have never said anything. No. And, and you know, it, when, it, the Ryder Cup has become such a big deal, I think, as it should be. I think the Ryder Cup is the greatest competition. I think that format is the greatest competition you can ever have. And let's face it, they had three of the top ten players in the world on the Europe side. And they all performed. And, you know. and they all played well. And uh, yeah, and Scotty Scheffler didn't for us, and he's number one in the world. Yeah, and I and I think I th- when I look when I look at it, I think they have more fun than we do. I really do. I think I think it's it's kind of like a guy's weekend when they show up at the Ryder Cup, no matter where it is. I agree with you, Brent. And and let's look at the the wild card uh, records. The European wild cards had a record of 7, 8, and 4. The American wild cards were 4, 12, and 4. So there's, you know, there's three and a half points right there, which you flip those and we win. Now, if Dustin Johnson had been eligible to play or uh, Bryson DeChambeau, eh, they'd have probably been wild cards, you know, if not for Liv. So, uh, but, of course, Sergio would have played for the Euros. So right. Who knows? Yeah, I, I just I, I think it's it's a great competition. I, I think they came the first day really was the difference. They don't play four balls like we do and and um, they're they're they've always played better four balls than we do. And we'll see. Yeah. I've got a solution next week and when Mark Brooks is with us next week I'll talk about my solution for the for the for the Ryder Cup team, which will probably never see the light of day. Now, the other solution, though, that everybody's talking about is Tiger Woods. Uh, I think Luke Donald may well be back as captain of the Euros. Did a great job. Tiger Woods. They're talking about him being captain not only at Beth Page, but when they go to Adair Manor 
in Ireland. So, uh, so we'll talk a little bit about that. We're going to do one more brief segment after the news. This is the 15th Club live from Dirty Martin's Place on Guadalupe in the shadow of the Texas Tower. Back after the news. Listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on News Radio KLBJ. Thank you. That's Rusty Ware, who loved coming down here to Dirty Martin's place. In fact, he put the album cover, uh, put his boots up on the bar, and took a picture and used it on one of his album covers years and years ago. Dirty Martin's place, 97 years old, and the broadcast home for the 15th Club and the End Zone Club every Saturday from 5 to 7 on KLBJ. By the way, uh, you can visit our Facebook page, The 15th Club, and also our podcasts are available on SoundCloud, Apple, and uh, also on the KLBJ site. 15th Club is brought to you by Texas Mutual Insurance, ABC Bank, Salt Lake Barbecue, the Naughty Deck and Bar at the Austin Renaissance Hotel, Maudie's Tex-Mex, the Muni Conservancy, Donald Ross Sportswear, Edel Golf, and Zilker Belts. And uh, we are commiserating over the Texas loss today, 34-30 to 30 in Dallas. Ed and Ben will be starting to take calls at 545 today and go right through 7 o'clock. They are actually in Dallas, and they can tell us what the mood is up there. Uh, back to the Ryder Cup for just a minute uh, with our friend Brent Buckman from Driftwood, who's here. Um, we're talking at the break. Does it come down to chemistry, Brent? Is that why? I sure think so. That's a big part. I sure think so. I think they have more fun than we do. And I think they key on some of the things. I mean, the hat incident was crazy. Well, I, mean, I think that's the press. And that, and that dis- that's disappointing. Yeah. It really is. But 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 um, I think that Europeans have more fun than we do. Yeah, I do too. And they stole. They kind of stole some of our momentum with that hat thing that they, they could get mad about. The crowd gets on them. And the crowd gets on them, too. What's new out at Driftwood, and what's new with the Hannon Society? You know, Driftwood's doing great. The rain has really helped. It's been a long summer, as everybody knows. Uh, we're looking forward to the Hannon Cup matches at the end of this month. I'm really excited about Mark Brooks as our captain, because I love Mark Brooks, and he is a tough competitor. I think the amateurs always bring a team that's well-prepared, but um, this year we have Brandel Chambly coming into town to play on the, the professional team, and I'm really excited about that. I would like to be sitting at a table with Mark and Brandel talking golf. I'm telling you, that those two have such great insight, it's unbelievable. And uh, I know I y'all agree. are going to totally be privy with to that. that. I totally agree with that. Uh, I, I really, you know, when I was when I was uh, in college, I had to go an extra year to, to get my degree, and Coach Hannon was ill, and I got to coach that team with Mark and Brandel. And I told Mark the other day uh, that that I thought that he and Brandel had the simplest golf swings of anybody I've ever seen. And and uh, Mark, I think appreciated it because those two guys, I mean. 
I, I watched Mark play, hit a few shots the other day. He hits it unbelievable. Oh, my gosh. He still hits it great and is one of the best instructors oh, yeah. around for young people in in town and some of the college players, yeah. really, and, and high school players look up to him. And he bases it on pure fundamentals, which I think has kind of gone by the wayside over the years. Yeah, I agree with you. Well, thanks for being with thanks us this week. Thanks for having me. Glad you're here and uh, come back anytime. All right, we'll run down the scoreboard a little bit. North Carolina's ahead of Syracuse, 40-7. to Good day for Mac Brown. Alabama, they had the touchdown call back when they blocked the field goal, but they are um, ahead 26-17 to over A&M with only three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. And uh, Kansas is running up the score on UCF, 44-15. to All right, we are going to go to Dallas now. Uh, We'll leave Dirty Martin's place for a while, but come over, have drinks, have the best hamburger in town, and uh, Dirty Martin's is our fall home on the 15th Club. We'll be back after these messages with Ben and Ed in Dallas. Howdy, folks. This is Ray Benson of Asleep at the Wheel, and you're listening to the 15th Club with Ed Clements and Scotty Sayers on News Radio 590 KLBJ. Thank you, Ray Benson. Ray Benson, who started the ACL Festival yesterday. Welcome, everybody. Ed Clements and Ben Clements in Dallas, where the Longhorns fell today to the Oklahoma Sooners 34-30. In a moment, a visit with our friend Jeff Ward. Ben Clements, overall observations, Longhorns lose for the first time this season. Yeah, Pop, um, outcoached, outplayed. Oklahoma had a, a much better game plan going into this ball club. And uh, Texas, for the first time all year, was exposed for a a lack of identity. And the final drive by Oklahoma was a killer as Dylan Gabriel hit Nick Anderson with only 15 seconds to play. Let's bring in our buddy Jeff Ward. You can hear Jeff and yours truly every afternoon on 1027 ESPN. Jeff on his way to a soccer game. Uh, My friend, uh, you watched it today. Texas loses for the first time. We both thought the Longhorns were going to win. Your thoughts on today's Longhorns loss? The better team won, that's for sure. Um, I, I can't, yeah, I can't believe how much better Oklahoma is from a year ago. I mean, it's just, it's remarkable. It doesn't even look like the same team. We've now learned that the transfer portal is to college football, what free agency is to the NFL. They're a completely different team. Uh, they dominated Texas up front. I mean, the fact is, when you can't score in four tries from the two-foot line, and then you have a three-point lead with a minute 15 left, and the other team, Oklahoma, scores with still 15 seconds left and no timeouts, you deserve to lose. Jeff, what uh, did Texas, you? What did, would you? Let me get your opinion. What did you think about that series when Texas had a first and goal on the one yard line? They ran the ball three times with a big package, and then on the fourth down play, they tried to hit Xavier Worthy on a look in pass. They they hit him, but he didn't get in the end zone. I, I think I'm of the old school. You got to throw the ball into the end zone on a fourth down. Well, I'm of the old school that if you throw it at all, you're waving the white flag. <laughs> I mean, you can't. You got a veteran offensive line, and you can't move a foot on four tries. You deserve to lose. I mean, at that point, you should tell your guys, "Listen, it's the biggest game you play, and you've got to you've got to move the opponent two feet to win." And they didn't. And they they chickened out. They they waved the white flag and threw it sideways. Um, I I 
their offensive line was mediocre today, but what surprised me the most was how the Texas front seven not only tackled terribly, uh, Jalen Ford had an awful game. Um, he, he looked lost at times. Uh, their front seven just didn't play very well. And Dylan Gabriel was the better quarterback today, which I never would have thought I'd be saying. But he was fantastic. Hey, Jeff, what I noticed was Texas really went away from their identity that we've seen the first five weeks of the season, which was airing the ball out, a lot of deep throws. This game was polar opposite than we saw in Tuscaloosa. I think I think Quinn threw the ball maybe. He threw, he threw the ball a total of 37 times, 31 of 37, 3 But how many of those, of those balls were 30 yards or further? Why do you think, Jeff, Sarkeesian went away from that, that game plan? I, I don't I, – I, I think um, – I think he started the game thinking – that he could line up and shove Oklahoma around. And I think he, within no time, I mean, look what they had to do. They basically had to resort to trick plays to even be in the game in the first 20 minutes of the game. And I think he learned a hard lesson right away that his offensive line and his defensive line were not going to match up today. Um, And, you know, Quinn Ewers played really well in the second half. Um, He wasn't their problem. Tackling was their problem. Uh, the unit that disappeared today is the one that I didn't think would disappear, and that's their front seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Texas out uh, gained Oklahoma five twenty-seven to four eighty-six, and they are also Jeff were played plagued with penalties. This is a team that wasn't penalized very much, but now this game they had nine penalties, and they had a ton of penalties uh, before the snap of the ball. I, I don't I don't get that when that happens. It, 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 yeah, I, I I agree. I it, they just did not look like a very disciplined team. I mean, the team that was more disciplined, the team that played better, the team that played harder, to be honest with you, was the team we didn't think we'd see that from, and that was Oklahoma. I mean, look how they started. I mean, they started, if it was a prize fight, they just ran at Texas and started punching them in the face. Uh, They were as aggressive and as confident as you could be. Hey, Jeff, most likely – if if all goes according to plan, Texas and Oklahoma will face off again first week of December. If you're a Sarkeesian, what do you do differently in your in your game plan and your in in preparing for that? Uh, you next know, match? I mean, um, well, they're not going to play anybody the rest of the way that's that good, so they can get away with bringing their C and B game and win. Today they brought their B or C game and lost. So, you know, I I think the big question is it's not. It's whether or not they can run the table. If they don't, they don't deserve to be in a playoff anyway. I, I'm really wondering if they play in a rematch, does a one-loss Texas team deserve to get in the Final Four? And they're getting some help now because Alabama is going to close it out against A&M. But I don't know how Oklahoma doesn't have the TCU argument on their side, and that is we beat them once. We made it to the championship game. Uh, TCU a year ago made it to the championship game and lost. They still got in the tournament. So I, I, I think Texas is stuck scoreboard watching now. Uh, the I, think deal, the outside, I, I think they're on the outside looking in. 
you know, last year Kansas State had two losses going to that Big 12 championship. I mean, that's the only difference. If Texas runs the table, they'd have one loss. But I was looking at the Oklahoma schedule the rest of the way, Jeff, and they've got a gimme against UCF on the 24th. But in consecutive weeks, Oklahoma's got to go play at Kansas and Kansas throttle Central Florida. Then they got to go yeah. play at Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State surprised everybody. Then they got to play West Virginia. Then they got to go to Mormon Land and play BYU. Then they end up with TCU. Yeah. They they got a much tougher schedule than the Longhorns have. Yeah, I mean they they might they might have a loss, um, and then we're going to end up talking about does a one or two loss Big Twelve team even get in? Um, I mean Texas put themselves in a terrible spot. They really did. I mean, this was this was frankly it's pretty inexcusable. If you want to get in the tournament, you got to win this game. Ben brought up a good point. We're not even talking about West Virginia. Mm-hmm. West Virginia yeah. is one of the hottest teams in the conference. They play Oklahoma November 11th. But don't look now, Longhorn fans. If West Virginia beats Oklahoma and West Virginia, it, it, it could be West Virginia and Oklahoma the Big 12 championship game, and the Longhorns would be looking would be looking outside uh, on on that deal. I know, um, and there's no way you deserve to get in if you don't. I, in fact, I thought they tried to change that rule where you couldn't get in the tournament unless you played for a conference championship. But yeah, I, I look. I didn't see Oklahoma being this good, and there's nobody on this planet that saw West Virginia to be undefeated. So um, you know, if Texas doesn't get in, they can look back to four tries from the three foot line. Mm-hmm. And they get their answer. Look, man, you can't score from there. You don't deserve to play anymore. Hmm. Uh, well, right? I mean, and you can't. You yeah, got a, a an offensive line. You can't line. You can't line up and run it four times to get a foot. Yeah, uh, Bama is looking like they're going to win. Two minutes to play in College Station, and Bama leads A and M twenty-six to twenty. <laughs> they're winning yeah. by six points there. <laughs> Let's see, Ben, Jeff, and I have a bet for a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. I gave him I gave him the Aggies plus five. five. No, yeah. I gave you five points. Five. All right, five. whatever. Five, five and a half, five. <laughs> but I'd say what? They just, if they can just make Jalen Milrow throw it a couple times, then, <laughs> then I'm pleased. Well, he just threw it, and he one-hopped it to his wide receiver. But there's still a, uh, under two minutes to play. It looks Let me like tell you something else about this game today. Okay. There okay. was the first the first quarter took over an hour. There was two or two or three reviews, one of which took almost eight minutes. It's, and it's that's ridiculous. unwatchable. That's unwatchable. It was it's terrible. It was, that it was, first it was, quarter was I know it wasn't very well played. I mean, it was kind of a bet. Yeah, um, but it, it was it was unwatchable. Now, I think one thing with we're starting a trend, fellas, the Longhorns lost, the Aggies are going to lose, and I think that means you know who's going to lose tomorrow, the Cowboys yeah, tomorrow night. Yeah, it's going to be the trifecta. Here we're all thinking it was going to be the trifecta the other way, and now, yeah, Dallas is probably going to get rolled now. Yeah. Uh, you're headed to a soccer game tonight? I sure am, yes. Went, just, just was at an art show, which I know would make you happy, and uh-huh. now I'm heading to a soccer game. Oh, man, aren't you this the international man? Our friend here went to an art show today. Hey, Jeff, real quick, not to get off this art show, but how surprised were you that Bert Auburn made that kick in the, in the final two minutes of the game? Because yeah, I, I was stunned. Um, I, t- I wondered about Steve Sarkeesian's play calling and whether or not he was going to basically say, 
I'm going to try to get to the middle of the field, and you got you got to win this game for me. So I was surprised he showed that kind of confidence because when he ran it on third down, I told you he was betting on his guy, mm-hmm. um, which was pretty pretty sketchy till now, but it was huge. Um, yeah. I think I think everyone in that stadium thought that was the game winner, mm-hmm. and then Texas turns around and does the one thing you can't do. First of all, that ball should travel to Irving on the kickoff. There shouldn't be a chance to return that. Secondly, my God, what you don't want to do is let Oklahoma sprint to midfield and have your kicker make the tackle. That's exactly what they did. Remember, they drove, they went they went the length of the field with no timeouts, and there were still 15 seconds left on the clock when they scored. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just unreal. That, that kick coverage was horrific. It, it is bizarre that the defense had played so well, and they played so well against Alabama and against Kansas and against everybody else, that they just had a bad day and especially a bad final two minutes of that game. And it's just it, it, That just kind of blew my mind that they were so bad that last drive. Yeah, well, Dylan Gabriel was that good, though. I mean, that guy, he was making play, He was making Texas linebackers miss all over the place. Um, I, I mean, I, I got to give that guy props. I mean, he... And then on the touchdown they scored, he did a head pump fake that set Texas spinning out of control. I mean, that was all with his eyes and his head, and Texas bit on it. If you go back and look at it, he faked like he was going to turn and throw it shorter, and the Texas guys looked right at his eyes and, and, and tried to jump the route and left the guy naked in the end zone. Um, Texas defense was a mess. They really were. They were just a mess. Yeah, I thought on that play he was throwing it to the short receiver, and I so look up. Yeah, so did Texas, <laughs> and they get to the corner of the end zone with the 15 seconds to play. Now, I'll give you an up to date on the Aggies. The Aggies just had an idiotic personal foul, Jeff. Yep. The yep. idiot in a typical Aggie deal, they have a personal foul, and now Alabama is going to win this game, 26 to 20, under 40 seconds to play. And watch out for Alabama now, because I believe Alabama. Uh, has a pretty good path going on maybe to the SEC championship game now. Yeah, that penalty was absolutely idiotic. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. I I don't know how with Jalen Milrow. I mean, the guy's awful, but I guess they've got enough athletes to do it. So, you know, I I thought at one time today, Missouri was going to beat LSU. They had them on the ropes. Yeah, they should have. They should have. And LSU came back very miraculously. The West Coast teams, uh, uh, Washington State, were losers today to UCLA. So now maybe uh, for the uh, benefit of the Longhorns, West Coast teams just start beating each other up. That's the only way. Could be the only way the Longhorns get in the final. Yeah, no, I agree. I I think that's that's kind of what they have to hope for. I think Texas has to hope for someone like Washington not to run the table the whole way. They need that league to have a loss. and, you know, maybe it'll happen. Uh, Florida State's probably not going to lose. Ohio State or Michigan, I think it's going to end up, one of them's going to end up undefeated. So, I mean, I think two of the, two or three of the spots, two of the spots are going to be taken by Florida State and either Michigan or Ohio State. And the question is, someone from the Pac-12 deserves to go, so there's three. Um, now what? Well, and watch out for Notre Dame, because if Notre Dame can beat Mac next week, if they can beat USC they would have their only losses against Ohio State on that fluky. But if you if you have an undefe- if you have an undefeated ACC team, Florida State, they're in. 
Yeah. You have an undefeated Michigan or Ohio State. Yeah. They're in. What if Washington runs the table? You don't keep them out. They're in. Now you have the SEC and the Big 12 trying to decide that spot. Yeah. Uh-uh-uh. Hey, uh, right? enjoy the, yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll talk about this uh, Monday afternoon at 4 o'clock on 10270 ESPN. Did you want to ask me about the art show? Did I buy uh, anything uh, or anything? <laughs> Did you buy Nothing? anything at the art show? Did you get anything? Well, I used uh, the KLBJ American Express card. I put down two grand on a painting. So Beautiful, beautiful. I only, I only owe another 12. Uh, okay. Well, good luck. I'm glad you did that. Have a good night. We'll see you Monday. All right, guys, Thank you. See ya. All, All right. right. Bye-bye. Careful, Jeff, bye. bye-bye. Jeff Ward, who's at the Austin FC game. His thoughts on the Longhorns and uh, the Oklahoma Sooners. Well, Alabama has just defeated, it looks like, the fight in Texas A&M Aggies uh, in College Station as Alabama storms back in the second half to win this game over the Aggies. The Aggies now with two losses on the year. This is their first loss in conference play in Alabama. After their loss to the Longhorns, uh, all they do, Ben, win, yep. and they, they do it with uh, Milrow, their quarterback, and Nick Saban uh, wins again. we got to take a break. After the news, we'll be back with the end zone club. We're at the Lake Highlands Texas X's party uh, here in Lake Highlands uh, after the Longhorns to, were defeated by the Oklahoma Sooners. 512-836-0590. Give us a call. Coming up after the news here on KLBJ.